Fantasy Football Podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm I'm well. I uh, I want to say, you know, welcome back, fellow dad. Yeah, yeah. Which which is weird to say, and maybe it's weird for you to hear that. It is all these years of making fun of dads, um, and and now I'm part of the group. I'm part of the fraternity. You are, you are, and and I have to ask. You know, usually we talk about inconsequential stuff, you know, to start the show, but let's start with talking about the most consequential thing, which you know, having a baby. How how's it going for you and your lovely wife? It's going. It's going well. Uh, I've been sick over the last like week or so. Maybe maybe a little bit less than a week, which is why I might sound a little bit nasally. Um, but it's finally getting a little bit better. But there there's nothing worse that I've experienced uh, <laughs> than sleep deprivation combined with having a a, a pretty nasty head and chest cold. It's not yes. not very fun. But I you know I was telling you before the show started, and I've talked to you about it, but like. Like after birth, like that first week, like in the hospital and then coming home and you, you get no, I mean, there's no sleep to be had, none, none. Yeah. because not only, not only are you being woken up all the time, if you do fall asleep in the hospital by nurses, because they need to check on the baby and they need to make sure mom's okay. Um, but on top of that, you have that feeling of, is this, is this thing that was just produced breathing? Right. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to I'm just going to stare at this thing and make sure that the chest is going up and down and make sure there's a functioning baby before I can have peace of mind and actually fall asleep. Right. Absolutely. Yes. It, it, it's it weighs on your mind constantly. And and the the, the part about the, the, the sleep situation that new parents have is you have to hear some of the worst advice maybe ever, which is sleep when the baby sleeps. But here's the thing. Yes. You are an adult human and right. you're not and you're not magic and you can't make yourself yeah. fall asleep at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is this? Like it doesn't work that way. So of course everyone's saying that, but then we had, you know, visitors in too, and you know, my wife's family was in town and, and her mom was around for the first uh week, week and a half. Uh so it was just it was very tough to just like be like, okay, baby's sleeping. I'm gonna sleep now, and then I can't take I can't take much time off because of the time of year. I mean, it, it, look, I I tell people like I'm telling people at work and stuff, and they're like, oh, you know, take because we get three weeks at work, and which is you know decent for paternity in in America. <laughs> I mean, it's hor- horrific everywhere else, but um, so I get three weeks, but I I took one, a little over one, and I'm I'm I get people being like, why aren't you taking more? Like you're such a workaholic. It's like, no, it has nothing to do with me being a workaholic. It's yeah. that this time of year, I mean, I, we plan this poorly to, to have a child <laughs> right during fantasy football draft season. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a hectic couple of weeks. I feel like that we're finally getting in a groove. Um, I'm wearing my new balances around the house to, to, to get them going. And then I, I, I wear them. I, I rock the baby. I feed the baby, put her in, put her in her, her rock and play. And then right. I go outside and just I run around in my New Balances to get the grass stains going. Um, just, yeah, while good. while wearing while wearing jeans in the middle of summer as well. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I hope you're, you know, getting into mowing the grass twice a day. Yes, uh, yes. Like, I've cut the grass 16 times uh, <laughs> since she's been born. She's actually been been she's, she's 16 or 17 days old today. So it's been it's been quite the ride of uh, cutting the grass. All right. So so because we promised the people. Uh, more poop-related content, um, you know, after oh after the God. baby came. Um, tell me about your poop experience so far as a dad. Okay, okay. So not here... your own, not your own, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I won't be, <laughs> I won't be, be digging into that. So the other night, uh, she feeds around 10 p.m. usually. So I'm, I'm, I'm 
in bed with her and she had fed and she was just hanging out and I have her sitting like I'm, I have my like legs up, you know, and then I can, I can have her resting on my thighs on my quads, you know? And, and so, and so she's, she's, she's resting on my, my super strong quads. And, uh, all of a sudden, like I felt like a little rumble and I'm like, okay, this is like, she's, she just ate. So she's just, she's farting right now. Um, and she had a onesie on and, or she, well, no, she had a, yeah, she had a onesie on, but not a, not a, not like the, the pants onesie, just like a, a pantsless yeah. onesie. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, she, she pooped and I'm pretty sure she peed because you know, like if they pee like through the diaper, you can feel it's warm, right? Like it's not right. like it, it's, I mean, it's pee, it's urine. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is feeling a little bit warm right now. And I'm laying in my bed and I'm like on Twitter, probably arguing with Bill's fans and uh all of a sudden i like look down and i realized that for about three or four minutes i was just sitting in her poop she she oh. just she just exploded through everything and all oh. all onto me and the thing is it was dark we have these really cool my, my wife bought these really cool lights uh that are i think they're like basically for babies but you can use them wherever on it's they're lights but they're like these little like ball lights that you can like tap and they turn on and off and like they change color and you can dim them and stuff. They're really cool. And so we only had two of those in our room that were on and lit. So it was really dark in our room. And I looked down and like my first reaction was like, oh my God, she's bleeding. Like, cause like you couldn't tell the color of what was going on. So I started freaking out a little bit and then we turned on the lights and I just started laughing because she had, had pooped all over me. And then my, my wife this morning uh, woke up and changed her. And while she was changing her, just blowouts it just, just while she was changing her. Just, just everywhere. Yeah, uh, you've never been more happy to see that you've been pooped on uh, than when you turned on those lights, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You're like, oh yes, I've been pooped on. It's not, it's not blood. Yes, Thank God. What, what I've, what I've found though, with all, with, I mean, look, she's a little over two. She's like two and a half weeks old. But like, it's, it's amazing how humans just like adjust to what's going on. It's like all of a sudden, like before when it came to like infants and stuff, I used to always be scared to hold, not like I would hold them, but I would be a little bit nervous to like, because yeah. they, they seem so fragile. Bro, these things are, are not fragile at all. They're resilient. Yeah, it's insane. And luckily Avery came out and she was already like holding her head up and like her neck is insane. Uh, clearly coming from, from me and my, <laughs> my insane neck muscles. Um, and, but and but your, she's holding it up. Your Saquon Barkley, uh, my quads, my right? Saquon Barkley quads and my <laughs> my uh, my my Dwight Howard uh, delts. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's no no big deal. <laughs> you really think a lot of your physique. Yeah, I definitely uh, do not. Uh, so um, the getting to the the the, the sleep issue, uh, and you. I, I never realized until I had until Xavier came, which is our, our first our first baby. Uh, I never realized why, like, you know, sleep sleep deprivation is used as a torture technique. Yeah. Until, oh my god, dude. Yeah. Holy until crap. Then. And I was like, oh, oh, it is torture. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. This it. is the worst feeling that I've ever felt before. <laughs> okay. Now I understand. I will say this as well. I, I'm glad that we were very prepared to have a child when we had a child. I can't imagine going through this with with not wanting a child, right? Right? Like that would be horrifying if, if you weren't ready and prepared because it's so it's a lot. It's a lot to and and bless the people out there who have multiple children at once. Oh, oh, dude, I don't understand. I don't understand how. I ha- and I'm sure we have lots of listeners. I'm sure yeah, we have lots tons of, of tons of twins out there who have twins and or even triplets. I I actually like when I say I don't understand I'm not being hyperbolic I, I actually mean I don't get it because <laughs> I don't get because it at all it, I mean just one infant is enough but again I think you know like you were talking about babies are adaptable I think we're all adaptable yeah. <laughs> you know we you do what you have to do I don't know Yeah you do what you got to do and you get it done and then once they're you know once they're like a year and a half maybe they can just start to occupy themselves more because they're they're at least socializing with one another yeah yeah good luck with that yeah. at 18 months yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah, they'll, they'll play by themselves for like uh 36 seconds then, uh... <laughs> right exactly yeah i have no idea how people do that but anyway yes fatherhood is is going well i'm super pumped to be part of the dad running club yeah. Um, and, and I'm sorry to Twitter, but you're gonna, and, and Instagram, if you're following, I'm on Instagram also at late round QB, but 
I'm I'm gonna post picture. I I'm I'm going to meme my child. You should. Oh, you already did. Right? Oh, I've memed my child. Yeah. Why would I not? The 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 branding potential in memeing your child is is phenomenal. <laughs> this this is this is a little bit a little bit weird, but I I'll go with it because you know what? I actually had a meme of Xavier saying something about drafting quarterbacks early. I remember that. He, yeah, you remember that. Yeah, uh, and uh, that's back when you used to follow me on Twitter and right. the. And and it, and it and it took off. I think it uh, people really enjoyed it. So so you should definitely do that. By the way, I I have to address, you know, I people were asking us when we were going to come back and do LTS, and I sensed uh like a note of like of like impatience or even like fatalism. Like people were like, so you guys aren't doing a pod this year, right? And but I mean. We t- we said right we said like a month we ago did. you know that we're we're not going to do the regular thing where we have a show every week from July first through you know right. the season you know and 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 for various reasons including you know you um, becoming a, a a parent but uh, but you know everybody relax I I just want everybody to know we're we're back we're going to we're going to do our our week one episode I think what would it be yeah, a few weeks we'll we'll have. Well, we're weeks. gonna we're gonna do this one. We'll have our we're doing the the living the stream listener league draft, which uh, was one of the most tilting experiences in my life trying to schedule that thing. Yes. Uh, but we have fourteen people, so we'll be doing that draft, and we'll have Tom Whalen host it. Uh, Tom Everett Scott will be on. Uh, obviously, we'll be on, so that'll be fun. You guys will listen to that show that we do every year, and then we'll get into the week one streamers. So yes. there's going to be another episode before week one, and then. Once week one starts, I mean, th- let's be honest. Pe- number one, our listener numbers are way more, way higher in season because that's what's relevant. That's when the show is most relevant. But okay. that's when this show is most relevant is in the season. We we want to produce the podcast in season more and put our energy towards that because that's what this podcast is all about. That's right. All anyway. right. I just want to I just want to get that out of the way. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, so today we're going to talk about some guys that you should target late in drafts if you're planning on streaming. Um, so whether they have good schedules or we just like them, yada, yada. Uh, so we'll go through quarterbacks, tight ends and defenses. But Denny, before we do that, we do have a sponsor for this segment of the show. We do. Um, so it's uh, apexfantasyleagues.com, which is uh, one of our favorites is where it's where we do the Apex Writers League, uh, which I think we both tweeted about uh, last week and the week before, um, in which I ended up with 11 running backs, but I, I guess that's another story. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> really the, I just, I just got, I just got all the, all the terrible running backs. Um, but apex hosts 12 team PPR leagues that provide a variety of scoring of, of I'm sorry, of drafting options. Here we go with the live reads folks, <laughs> uh, live or email serpentine or auction, and you also have the flexibility to sign up for a league just hours before the draft. If you sign up uh, for the site, they will send you email alerts um, to that effect. Uh, on top of that, Apex will often put extra money from their pockets into the prize pool to make sure that the leagues are filled. Uh, Apex offers Dynasty Leagues too. You really can't beat Apex if you are looking for a site that rewards uh, skill. And what I mean by that is uh, that uh, each week, if you finish in the top half of scoring in your league, um, you get an extra win added to your total, uh, which which means that you know if you get unlucky and lose out to the highest scoring team that week and you were the second highest scoring team, uh, you're not severely punished for that. You get the loss, but you also get a win because you scored so many points. You were in the top half of the league in scoring. I hope I'm being clear about that. What I'm saying is if you have a good team, you will be rewarded uh, week after week after week. And that, that's why we play uh, on, on Apex. So it's apexfantasyleagues.com. Yeah, and we're in our fifth season with our uh, our writers league, which is always a really fun one. Probably the hardest draft of the year, to be honest. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Just. I mean. I mean, you you get to like the third round, and you're and you're looking at guys who usually see in like you know usually get in like the fifth or sixth round. It's yeah. Just- I was like I was like doing I was running around my living room when I got like Demarius Thomas at the end of the third round. It's just the <laughs> way know. it's the way that it goes. It's the way that that draft goes. 
Anyway, all right, Denny, I will kick things off with a defense. Uh, you're going to have two defenses, so you can do them back-to-back. Uh, a defense to target to start the season, uh, four streamers. The, De- the Detroit Lions are going to be at home in week one. Uh, they're going to be up against the Jets. The Lions defense isn't very good, so th- this is going to be... I feel like this is going to be one of those defenses that, uh, you know, the other guy, the other two that you're going to name are are better than the Lions. Uh, the Lions are going to be a defense that we'll probably talk about on our week one show um, mm. because I'm sure that a lot of teams aren't going to be drafting them. Uh, but they are going up against the Jets. Uh, the Jets, you know, I don't think that they'll, they'll necessarily be horrific. I think that they'll be a, a team that we might pick on depending on who's under center. But Sam Darnold's looked really good so far. Um, but regardless, uh, right now, most sports books, uh, have that game at a 44 point over under. So it's not substantially high. Uh, and the lions are six and a half or seven point favorites in that game, depending on the sports book or depending on where you're looking. Um, so there should be a positive game script for that defense. But like I said, I, I am not high on that defense at all. Uh, so it's a little bit scary, especially because, you know, beginning of the year, you'd rather feel a little bit more comfortable, um, you know, getting a defense that, you know, is at least good, which the other two defenses that Denny's going to name are at least pretty good. Um, but the, the lions defense, not in that category. So a risky right. one for sure. Listen to Denny with these other two, <laughs> the lions will be there for you though. Uh, more than likely, uh, at the end of drafts. Uh, I think that may be the first time anybody has said, listen to Denny on this one. That's true. Uh, the, so, okay. All right. I will start with, uh, the Ravens are at home against the Bills. And here's what my notes say on this game. Baltimore is a uh, a five-and-a-half-point home favorite, and they'll go against uh, some combination of Josh Allen, A.J. McCarron, or Peterman the Wote. That's what I have. And I'm sorry. I know that's your boy. Yeah, it's my boy, man. He went to Pitt. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I, I foresee us as loyal streamers targeting the Buffalo offense quite often. Um, and probably, you know, for that reason, uh, feeling the wrath of, of Bill's Twitter, um, as angry as they are. Um, but the, the Ravens are the, I mean, like they are the week one defense in my humble opinion, uh, to the point where they'll probably be taken before the last round in the draft or the second to last round. So I'm not, I'm not telling people to reach for them, but if they're available in the last two or three rounds of a draft, I would take them there. Uh, and then the third one uh, would be the Saints at home against the Bucks. The Saints are a huge favorite. I believe they're the, they're the biggest favorites of week one. Yeah. Uh, nine, nine and a half point favorite. Is that right, JJ? Something like that, yeah. But I know that they're huge favorites because Jameis Winston's out and the, the Saints are just a lot better than the Bucks. Exactly. So uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is um, back under center. And uh, so we've talked about why we target uh, certain quarterbacks, and usually it has to do with their completion rate. Uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, has a sub 60% career completion rate and averages 1.43 interceptions in losses over his uh, career, I think 12 years. And, uh, <clears throat> and by the way, a full, he, he averages a full interception more per game in losses than he does in wins over, over the span of his career. So he, he is quite, quite generous to opposing defenses, um, when he's under center and, and, and the hope is with such a bit, you know, saints being such big favorites that the bucks will be forced, uh, to throw it a hundred times, uh, hopefully 80 of those passes going to Mike Evans. Yes. Um, so at quarterback, I, look, if you guys listen to the late round podcast, this is going to sound sort of like a broken record because uh, I've been talking about Matthew Stafford a lot this year on that show. Um, I understand that Matthew Stafford isn't the typical like super, super late round quarterback. And I think a lot of people are drafting him for the wrong reasons because they're drafting him because he has three straight seasons of like lower end QB one production, but like, screw that. We can, we can stream that. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's the most irrelevant thing in the world. I always love when people like say like, that's why like, I can't stand Phillip rivers. Right. Cause Phil, like Phillip rivers is fine. Like in good matchups and you know, week to week, but like Phillip rivers is consistently in that low end QB one range. And that does nothing for us in fantasy football. If we're consistently streaming a QB six, like why, 
Why would we care about that? Yeah, I don't. I mean, his his per game averages are really poor. Right. If I, if I remember correctly. So with Stafford, um, I, I think that he's worthwhile and at his ADP this year, which, you know, in, in most leagues, you'll probably get him in the double digit rounds or once the double digit rounds are starting. But um, in, in week one, he gets the Jets. I already talked about the Lions defense. The Jets secondary is actually not that bad talent wise. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not nervous, but, uh, just know that going into the game. But, you know, again, I already mentioned, uh, they're big favorites in that game. There's a 44 point over under, they should score some points. And hopefully the, uh, a couple of those scores would be passing touchdowns, but then they get the 49ers, the Patriots, the Cowboys and the Packers. So those are four straight plus matchups from a fantasy perspective. I, I'm not saying that any of those secondaries are, are cakewalks. None of them are elite. That's for sure. Um, but at the very least, like New England, San Francisco, Green Bay, those are three games that could be very, very high scoring. Um, so I, I love Stafford in there in those games. And obviously the Cowboys are just beatable. Um, so I, I like Stafford. I think that through the first five games of the season, we could be looking at a top five quarterback in fantasy football, um, which isn't that shocking because Matthew Stafford's been a good fantasy asset in the past in the past. Um, but the other thing, too, I want to I want to bring up. I, I have a question for my mailbag show on the late round podcast that's dropping on Friday this week. And someone, someone was like, I know that you're into Matthew Stafford, but are you afraid that with a new coaching regime, they're going to become a more run-heavy team? And my answer to that is, number one, the defense isn't very good, so I think that they'll still see enough negative scripts slash passing situations. But even if they want to be more run-heavy, just know, guys, that on a week-to-week basis, on a game-by-game basis, pass attempts do not correlate at all to, to fantasy production. There's a mm-hmm a 0.05 R squared value between uh, pass attempts and fantasy points over the last seven years. Wow. When you're, when you're looking at uh, quarterbacks who had 20 plus attempts in a, in a particular game. So you're looking at basically quarterback starters because 20 plus attempts is going to be hit by any starter. Um, and, and there's been a 0.05 R squared value between attempts and fantasy points scored. The thing that you want and need is touchdowns. And this is why I'm high on like a drew Brees this year. And that saints passing attack is because touchdowns provide a lot of variance. Uh, we know that the way teams score can change year to year. You know, for instance, of the 13 teams with next season data over the last seven years since 2011 that had a passing touchdown to rushing touchdown ratio greater than one in a season, the next season, that ratio has increased on average by 1.3. So essentially mm-hmm. the Saints who had a one ratio in passing to rushing touchdown ratio that means that we would expect a 2.3 ratio this season. So we're looking at a scenario with like the Saints where Drew Brees doesn't need to throw 200 more times like we've seen mm-hmm. in the past. He just needs to, when they're in the red zone, they need to throw the ball. And that's going to happen naturally. There's natural variance there. So with Matthew Stafford, it's fine if they run the ball a little bit more than what we're used to with Stafford. We just need him to throw touchdowns and he's got good weapons in order to do so. So I like Matthew Stafford a lot. Those first five games are awesome. I think that he could be a top five passer through those five games. Uh, that's a great stat, by the way. The uh, basically no correlation between yeah uh, vol- volume and and uh, fantasy production. Yeah. yeah, and people will look at it from a season long level, uh, which is going to probably give you a little bit different results. But uh-huh. it, it, that only that that the only reason it would is because of the way that you look at the parameters. So like. If you say, you know, of the 200 plus attempt passers, well, clearly someone who throws 200 balls instead of 600 isn't going to score as many fantasy points. But on a game by game basis, when everyone is throwing passes, it's it's irrelevant. You just need to look at at the touchdown scoring because there's a much, much, much stronger correlation there. Yeah, the the, the season long uh, number is, yeah, like you said. It doesn't really apply if you're, especially if you're talking about, um, you know, making the quarterback position interchangeable and streaming it. So yeah, we're we're doing things on a week by week basis. So why the hell would we care about season long numbers anyway? Yes, there you go. Uh, so uh, my my quarterback for week one is none none other than Case Keenum, who I have to say, uh, Case Keenum in my uh, fantasy equity scores, which you can find on DraftDayConsultants.com. Uh, scored uh, really well, uh, both his median and, and, and high scores, along with uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, whose equity scores were also quite good. Uh, so I, I feel like I'm, I, I feel compelled over the past month or so um, to get pieces, those three pieces of the Denver pass game. Uh, I, I think that that there being 
uh, undervalued. And Keenum is going undrafted in, in a lot of leagues. But uh, Denver is at home against the Seahawks and their depleted uh, defense slash secondary. Uh, Denver is a two and a half point favorite in that game. And um, uh, the the big point of emphasis here with Keenum is that uh, Keenum has always been uh, a, a big time front runner. Uh, in, in other words, um, his production between wins and losses uh, is 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 pretty wide. Over his career, um, he averages four and a half more points per game in wins, fantasy points per game in wins than he does in losses, which is pretty dramatic. And um, and last year. He averaged uh, for the Vikings. He averaged 21 fantasy points per game in Vikings wins, including 1.67 touchdowns per game. Uh, so you know, with the weapons there in Denver, uh, you know, I know, I know. Last year, he arguably had with Diggs and Thielen the league's best, you know, a uh, uh, combo wide receiver combo. But you know, uh, Thomas and, and Sanders, not bad, not a bad combo. Uh, and and that and you know, the Seahawks um, defense is not. The one that we we've we've learned to fear o- over the years, uh, so I, I like him. I like him quite a bit. Yeah, I like him as well. Uh, the last one I'll I'll talk very quickly about Alex Smith, um, who is not on the Chiefs anymore. He's a he's a he's on Washington. He's a, yes, he is on Washington, and and people here in Washington uh, are so ambivalent about him. I can't even tell you. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, but. Alex Smith going to be in Arizona in week one. Uh, I think people were scared off by Arizona because Patrick Peterson is there, but that secondary is not very good. Uh, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about Alex Smith there. Um, you know, obviously Alex, we should not expect Alex Smith to do what he did last season from a fantasy perspective. He did things with the deep ball that honestly, very few court. He was arguably the best deep ball passer in the league last year. And that was the opposite of what we ever seen, what we've ever seen from him. And he does not have the same type of weapons in, in Washington as he did in Kansas city. Although I think the the weapons in Washington are still pretty decent. Um, but then on top of that, the next week in week two, Washington gets Indianapolis. And I think Indianapolis is going to be one of those teams this year that we just consistently are looking at to stream against, uh, not only with Andrew Luck healthy and hoping to to get higher scoring games, but that defense is is, is weak. Um, and I think Alex Smith should have no problem there. So with Alex Smith specifically, you're looking at a two week window. Uh, you know, obviously, I'd rather have a guy like Stafford. Um, but you know, Alex Smith is going for basically nothing. So I don't think that he's a bad a bad pick late in drafts. Isn't it funny? Last year is what QB three, QB two in fantasy. Yeah, and now he's like free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the deep ball stuff is going to come back to earth. So I I understand that he's not. I'm not. I'm not advocating for him going. You know, before Drew Brees or anything. But it's kind of funny. But I give I give fantasy owners so much credit. Like like I had to I had to write like a ten players to target and then a ten players to avoid article for on mm-hmm. Number Fire, and you know I did a podcast on it and stuff. And it's really really hard to look at ADP these days and be like this doesn't make any sense. Like there, there are fewer every year. There are fewer and fewer players where their ADP doesn't like, like four years ago, I would look at a a draft board and look at, at average draft position and be like, what the hell are people thinking? Like, what, what, what is going on now? It's like, wow. Like people aren't overrating Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, people understand that Alex Smith is regressing. They under like it's crazy that all of this is going on. Like people are just getting smarter and smarter with all the information out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely sharper. And 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 mostly, I blame you uh, on, the, <laughs> on, on the on the quarterback front. You know, people used to be really dumb with quarterback, and now because of your uh, late round quarterback propaganda, uh, they have uh, caught on to the gig. And, uh, so I appreciate that. Thank you for, uh, ruining that for, for us. I had a, I had someone, I, cause every week, as you guys know, if you follow me on Twitter, I ask people for mailbag questions for the podcast, for the late round podcast. And someone who, I mean, probably a newer follower or whatever was asking me like, when do you, or, uh, how do you feel about drafting quarterbacks? Should I be drafting one in like the third or the fourth round? Like completely serious. And I just wanted to respond and be like, be like, dude, this is killing me right now. Just absolutely killing me. You must be new here. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Wait a second. Did he, so he didn't read your at, he didn't read your handle. I guess not. Or like he looked at it and he was like, maybe, maybe this isn't fantasy. I I don't know. I I, I don't, I don't understand, but it was like a very real, it was not some troll uh, question. It was, it was a very genuine question. 
And I didn't want to be, and then someone responded because I always get people responding to questions that other people are asking me on Twitter. Um, and someone responded and was like, Oh, I usually, I usually have to lock in a quarterback in the fourth round and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, all I do now is just say, please don't. And then I send a link to something that I wrote so that they understand that like, this this should not be happening. Yeah, you, you're trying to teach them to fish rather than. I I just I can't. It's it's exhausting. Whatever. If I if I were to if I were to like completely engage and have and and try to change someone's mind or that's of of someone who hit my mentions with a take, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to to breathe anymore. Well, you would lose your mind. I mean, it'll, it'll, it's just, just my gosh. We're we're gonna get into we're gonna get into the Bills Twitter stuff because someone asked a question about it for the for the questions yeah. portion. But it's it was lit last night. Anyway, let's let's move on to tight end, Denny. Who's the tight okay. end? Actually, guys, I want you right now in your mind while you're listening to this to guess <laughs> who this tight end that Denny is about to talk about is. Okay, please, I'll give please. you three seconds to think of this tight end. Three, two, one. Denny, who's the tight end? It's Jared Cook, folks. Boom. Yeah, I you couldn't see that coming. Uh, we're, I'm I'm back. I'm back for more money via equity scores, and I'm back to talk about uh, Jared Cook. Uh, Denny, did and, you did you know that Jared Cook's been in the NFL for 19 seasons? He's been in. Well, John Gruden didn't know that because <laughs> yeah, right. John Gruden was 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 raving about Jared Cook six weeks ago, and he was like. This cook kid, who where'd he come from? Yeah, right. It's like he's been in the league for like nine years. What are you doing? He's been dude? in the league since I was in college, John. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought I thought all Gruden did was watch film. I thought he just sat in his basement and watched film all day. What is he watching? Oh, you know what? I, okay, I'm not being sarcastic. Maybe I maybe he legitimately is watching film from the seventies and eighties because that's yeah. what that's what Jared Cook said, I think. That is he said that he was there Gruden shows film from the seventies and says Guys, this is what we're doing this year. Which, Here, here's know, here's the problem, though, is that I I think that like like coaches like Gruden, unfortunately, can like actually thrive in the NFL because like if they're if they are uh, uh, player coaches, like a Mike Tomlin, like Mike yeah. Tomlin is is dumb when it comes to <clears throat> to in game decision making, all that. But my God, he just he gets his he he his team the the team loves him. Right. Yeah. They do. And like that, yeah. that goes a certain distance in, in a game like football. And then if you have coordinators around you who are smart right. and can do that, that tactical stuff, then like you're going to be elevated and look like this genius coach. But so like, there's this part of me who's like John Gruden's a moron and he's been very stupid when, when uh, making comments to the media, but there's this, this feeling inside of me where it's like Derek Carr is going to be so fired up and he's going to have this crazy year because John Rudin and all this. I, I have a terror. Yes, JJ. I had this feeling today. I had a gut, terrible gut feeling that the Raiders are going to be good and they're going to make, they're going to score points and I'm going to be sick about it. I do believe that, that Warren, cause Warren Sharp does all that schedule analysis. And I, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure, I mean, I could be wrong. So someone correct me. But I'm pretty sure that Oakland has one of the easiest schedules this season. Oh no, they're gonna do well. Oh no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I could be completely wrong with that take. Uh, while you're talking about Jared Cook, I'll look. Yeah, it up. JJ, I am. I'm gonna. My dad's gonna kill me over this. If John Gruden makes the playoffs in his first year back, my dad will actually murder me. Oh, I'm afraid. Uh, look, every every uh, sixty plus year old uh, football fan, or 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 somewhat football fan out there is going yeah. to feel the same way. Yeah. They're just yeah. going to love it. Yeah. They're going to, yes. They're going to be like, wait, where's your precious analytics now? Huh? Yeah. I'm, and I'm then, looking at their schedule right now. So they play the AFC North and then they get the, it appears to be the NFC and NFC North. I don't know. It doesn't look like super cakewalky, but they do get like the Browns and the, and the Colts. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, it'll be interesting regardless. Denny, talk about Jared uh, Cook. All right, Jared Cook uh, against the Rams. Oakland is at home <clears throat> at home. I'm sorry. They're an underdog. Um, the Rams were not particularly uh, generous to enemy tight ends last year, um, but they did give up five plus tight end catches in half of their games in 2017. Um, it, it's just that the Rams really limited tight end scoring. Uh, they gave up three of their eight 
total tight end touchdowns in in one game to the Eagles. So it's like all the tight end scoring happened at once against L.A. But, um, uh, you know, Cook is expected to be widely and not just by me, but, you know, by others, by beat writers, by coaches, by, you know, respected fantasy analysts. Uh, (laughs) uh, He's why he's expected to be, you know, a part of the uh, the the passing attack, whatever that may be in Oakland. Uh, so, uh, I don't know what you're hoping for here. Perhaps the Rams to get a lead and for the Raiders to have to chase a little bit, um, which might be good for cook, but, uh, yeah. And, and he's, he's available at the very end, the tail end of drafts. I've seen him go undrafted sometimes. Yeah. I have a take actually about Jared cook in that, in that Rams, uh, that Rams matchup. I, I low-key think the Rams are going to end up being a decent matchup for tight ends this year because they have good corners now. And yeah. and that corner play might funnel. It's what, what we've seen in Denver, right, yeah. over the yeah. years. So I, I do think that that's actually kind of intriguing. And then on top of that, uh, he gets Miami and Cleveland in weeks two and three, which is oh. which is pretty intriguing. So I think, I, I think Jared Cook, like over the first three weeks, might actually yeah. be like a, a easy tight end one. The yeah the Browns are still not covering tight ends. No, speaking speaking of the Browns, the I, I'm going to just mention Vance McDonald here. Um, he's hurt. He has a foot injury right now. But the Browns, um, this is a game that uh, obviously the Browns are a good matchup for tight ends. It appears it's going to be similar uh, this season. Um, but uh, with with Vance, uh, he's going to be the Steelers tight end one as long as he's healthy. Um, we saw Jesse James, I, but didn't Jesse James like in week one last year, do some, do stuff. Yes. He caught two touchdowns. Yeah. 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 So, um, Vance McDonald, I think should be on your radar if he's healthy. You know, this is also, these guys are strictly streamer guys, like super deep guys uh, or a lot deeper. You know, I think that you could look at, still look at like Trey Burton, George Kittle, like those types of players before you dig into the Jared Cooks and Vance McDonald's of the world, in my opinion, at least even like an OJ Howard for upside or what Ricky seals Jones. Um, but, but I think that Vance McDonald's in a pretty interesting spot as long as he's healthy. Yeah. There I like him one. a lot. I like him a lot there. Yeah. All right. So to recap, you guys, we have Vance and Jared cook and McDonald or McDonald and cook uh, case Keenum, Alex Smith and Matthew Stafford. And then on defense, we like the saints lions and Ravens, uh, while you're drafting before the questions section, Denny, we have one more sponsor of the show. Yes. Yes, we do. We have a sponsor for the Twitter question, uh, session section of the show. <laughs> and, uh, that is FF draft prep. Uh, and it, so this is a great tool created by a friend of the show, uh, Dave Cabin. And I didn't I didn't butcher his name because he told me that it's pronounced like Raven. So Dave Caban, mm. C A B A N. I'm so sorry for calling you Caban, <laughs> Dave. I, I I really apologize for that. that I'm I'm truly embarrassed. Uh, but uh, I appreciate you putting up with me over the years. Uh, and um, I am going. What I'm going to do here, <clears throat> because Dave was nice enough to write a little script for me uh, for his excellent uh, draft tool, which I really recommend to everybody. I, I, I have it. I got it back in June. Uh, it really helped me prep for the season. But uh, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read this script, uh, and I am going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do it slowly and carefully, which is what she said. All right. Uh, here we go. Well, JJ, it's August, and that means that I once again – Get to butcher a live read for the good folks at FF Draft Prep. (laughs) We've talked about the site for a number of years now, and it really does have some of the best tools out there to help you get ready for and take on your draft. Unlike other tools on the market, the FF Draft Prep Draft Dashboard centers around tiers and will ensure that you're fully aware of all the pertinent data points pertinent data points in your drafts such as the quality of avail of available players at each position and the demand for these players and positions based upon the current construction of each team in your draft that's honestly that's that's the coolest part to me is you know how okay well for me i can speak from personal experience 
instead of frantically going through the teams in your draft room and thinking, you know, this, you know, team A needs a tight end and team C has a bunch of tight ends. And, you know, wh- what am I going to do according to these things? The, the tool does that for you. It, it helps you process that information and understand that information beforehand. It's great. Uh, the, the tool is extremely customizable. And if you're like me and, and you need a way to remain organized, which I do, uh, have more information than your competitors and be ready to make efficient and confident decisions while you're on the clock, you need to check out the FF Draft Prep Draft Dashboard. So head over to ffdraftprep.com right now. Seriously. Press pause. Do yourself a favor. Head to ffdraftprep.com and use the promo code LTS and you'll get a you'll get 20% off your purchase. I'm just picturing you, Denny, as a grade school, like elementary school teacher reading a book. And just being like, like oh, there is a girl named Sally who lived in lived in a house. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, th- dude, that's that's how I am with um, kids books that I haven't read where I'll be like the hungry cat, the hungry caterpillar ate the bugs <laughs> and, and then wanted an apple and a pear. Well, you're I mean, very I'm, you're I'm, a very well spoken person. It's just interesting that that's that happens to you. I I don't I I freeze up. I mean I mean my two year old daughter will look at me and be like, Are you serious right now? Are you being serious? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Uh, all right. On to the Twitter questions. This first one's from at GentyDP. Uh, what is the proper way to load utensils in the dishwasher basket? Okay, this is a this is a really good question. Utens- you well here here he has he has three three options. He actually had a fourth, uh, but I don't have it on here. Um, one utensil handle into the basket, business end up. So business end being like I'm assu- right. Bus- business end is the part that you don't hold, right? Mm-hmm. Business end into the basket and hand sticking up. It doesn't matter. Do it both ways to own the libs. <laughs> Well, I could tell you that this lib would be extremely owned if you put them in business side up because because that yeah. means that when you take them out of the basket, you are using your disgusting, dirty hands to touch the part you eat from. So no, you can't do that. So I, I might have a different take than you because, oh, yeah. because I, I don't think that they clean well enough when when it's business side down. All right. Well, you need to use some of that Patreon money to buy a new dishwasher. I, I actually, we actually are getting a new one because my wife works for a company that 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 makes them. So we probably should get a better one than we have. But yeah, you're right. If you have a good dishwasher, if you have a good dishwasher, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I load and unload like uh sixty nine percent of the dishes in the house. So yeah, same. Um, I uh. And by 69, I mean 99. And so I, I'm, I'm adamant. I will die on the hill of putting it, uh, you know, putting the, 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 the business side, I guess, down. It must, it must go. Down. At least knives. We can agree there. Knives absolutely have to go business side down. You can't be bleeding all over your dishwasher just trying to put them away. Yeah, I ra- I rarely gush blood all over my dishwasher. It's like <laughs> once, it, maybe once a month. Right, right, right. Uh, next question at 21 Chooch Street. Uh, which has been more fun seeing video proof that Hugh Jackson is a terrible coach on hard knocks or Kristen Michael being a thing for the 69th training camp in a row, (laughs) man, have you watched, I didn't watch yesterday's hard knocks, but I saw the first one. Uh, first off, I feel really bad for Hugh Jackson. Did you see that he like his brother died and then his mom died like eight days apart? Like it was super jacked up. Yeah, it was that's terrible and 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 the this I I feel like the celebration in some corners of of football Twitter um of you know of his commitment to just keep doing his job yeah. despite losing his mom and his and his brother I feel like that's not healthy. I feel like that's maybe a little bit on the sick side. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it or not, but there was a, a scene where uh, there he's sitting in a coaching me- coaches meeting, and I can't remember who comes into the room, and they're like, "Hey, I'm sending my condolences. I'm really sorry." And it was clear that all the coaches in the in the meeting didn't know that that his oh. mom had died, and they all looked at him. And right as the guy left the room, I can't remember who it was, but right as he left the room, um, 
Hugh Jackson looks at all the coaches and he's like, yeah, my mom died. Mm-hmm. And and they're all like, oh man, I'm so sorry. And he was like, yeah, it's been a really rough, you know, two weeks where my brother died and then my mom died. And then he's like, okay, uh, back to the game film. And it was like instant. Like it was, it was just like, like, I get it's an escape for them, but I almost felt like, it, I mean, he very clearly is just like bottling all of this up. And there was one scene where he like sort of let it go. And it was really sad to see. I don't think Hugh Jackson is like this horrific person. I think he's a really, really no. bad. He's a really, really awful coach, though, and it's very, very evident on the show. No, no, I, I, I'm not. Yeah, the the judgment is he can handle himself however he wants. I think that it's just the um the the celebration of that of that s- sort of behavior as like as like a commendable uh, type of uh, of behavior in the wake of losing you know your family members. I I just I can't get with that. I I just can't. Yeah. This next one is from at Adam G. Blevins. JJ, congrats on the sex. If I'm taking Gronk in the second, would you rather take a running back in the Gordon Fournette tier in the first or a wide receiver from the Julio Beckham tier in PPR? My opinion, if you're taking Gronk, which I think Gronk is more of a late second round pick or like a two, three turn pick. But if you're taking Gronk, um, I would I would try to lock in one of the running backs just because running back, it's so thin, so fast in most drafts. But De- Denny, Den- Denny's take is going to be wide receiver, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm fine, uh, you know, flying by the seat of your pants on 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 running back because because the 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 top receivers ADPs are in places that we haven't seen in a long time. It's true. I mean, it's true. You know, I can't it, I can't fault you for that. And, and and there's also and you've put you've pointed this out and Rich Rebar as well. Uh, the you know the touchdown rate for wide receivers across the board uh, plummeted at, uh, last year as as the touchdown rate for running backs jumped. So, you know, if that comes back to an equilibrium, then, you know, it might not be so bad for the wide receiver or truthers like myself. Yeah. Uh, this next one at CP by, uh, uh, Burns maybe. Um, sorry, I couldn't say it, see it out of the corner of my eye. Does the news that Tyrod Taylor actually pronounces his name Tyrod affect your opinion of him as a streaming option? Can you yeah. be- can you believe that that came out? But did you see Mina Kimes' t- tweet today? How- I didn't. So apparently she talked to, to Tyrod's dad, and his dad said that it's Tyrod. Oh. So like everything's back. Like <laughs> the face that Denny just had, guys, was like literally everything in the world just got got right again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. 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 Well, thank thank you, Tyrod's dad. Because uh, yeah, to, to Rod, I can't. I I don't think I can say to God, to God Taylor. No. No. Not absolutely not. But I, uh, like it was it was such a, a strange thing. And not only that, if he if his name was really Tyrod, how bad are the Buffalo Bills as an organization yeah. and the teammates or, or is, is Tyrod really that much of an introvert <laughs> that he just, he's just like, it's like me with my last name, right? Like, I'm just like, whatever. I don't care. Not that I'm an introvert, but like, I don't care how people pronounce my last name. Cause it's not even worth correcting. But yeah. like when it's your first name and you're around these people all the time, every single day for hours. And you're just yeah. like, yeah, call me Tyrod, even though it's Tyrod. Like I feel like some someone dropped the ball there, but luckily his name seems to be Tyrod. Yeah. Okay. Because I I was I honestly I I was pretty rattled. It, it, it reminded me a little bit of um, there was a cornerback for the Dolphins back in the early two thousands named uh, Patrick Sertain. Yeah. And he changed the pronunciation of his name like years into his career, where he wanted it pronounced certain. I thought it was Sir Sertan. And then it was, and then he changed it again to Sertan. Yeah, that's what, that's what I always called him was Patrick Sertan. Sertan, Sertain, Certain. <laughs> I There may have been another, the fourth pronunciation in there. I'll, I mean, as, as a Dolphins fan back then, you know, rooting for Jay Fiedler uh, and uh, Ricky Williams, I, I remember just not saying his name at some point and being like, number 23. Yeah. Well, I am certain he was just trolling us. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This next one is from at Ben underscore Swabowski. Uh, man, I got really good at pronouncing that last name. Yeah. Which carnival ride or stall would you run? I, definitely not a carnival ride. Nothing, nothing scares me more, I think, than carnival. Like, I, I swear, I see on the news, like on news sites and stuff, like, oh, yeah, another Ferris wheel fell over tonight. 
Oh, that's I, – I bet you – you're a stat-driven guy. I bet you the numbers on that are astronomical. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a massive bias here, but I, still – and not only that, like – I, I, I fear, like, I don't fear, I mean, I'll ride a roller coaster if I'm at, like, a, an amusement park or something, but remember, um uh, what was, what, what's the movie where they, they all Final died? Yeah, Final Destination. Remember the, was it the third one where they were on the yeah. roller coaster? Like, <clears throat> and that was a carnival as well. Also, why was there a roller coaster at a carnival? Wait, yeah, no, no. I mean, there are not like intense roller coasters, but I, I but, went to a, a carnival the other day with my kids and they were like kid roller coasters. See, okay. Like the kids stuff though, I totally understand because even if there's a malfunction, it's not going to be significant. It's like the you, ones where like, like you have gravity going, like making you go in like a pirate ship motion and you're swirling around and twirling around at the same time. That thing's going to latch off eventually. You're going to go if, flying in the air, roller coaster tycoon style into the water and 48 people are going to die. What What if, wow, that's a lot. That's a, that's a high body count. Uh, what if the the spaceship, the Gravitron, what if it takes off? Have you thought of this? Yeah, right. What if it's spinning so hard that it just goes whoop and and leaves you know and leaves the Earth? I, I'm I'm we, I don't want to lose my kids to the aliens. We don't know who's running the, these carnivals. We have no idea. By the way, my uh, so listeners know um uh. Floating head JJ is happening right now. No, dude, it's not floating head. I can't see you at all. <laughs> you're, you're just gone. You, I, I, I suspect you, your disembodied voice is coming from somewhere. That's all I know. Uh, yeah, I am. I am still here. Um, but which which carnival ride? So I wouldn't do a ride. I do like a, a maybe like a, a a baseball throwing one or something like that. Yeah, I, I think. Um, oh, oh, you know what I would like to do is the um, the the horse racing one where you shoot the water. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. You know, and because the, because you could talk trash. Yeah, like, right. You know, you could like destroy the people who lose, but also make parents feel bad when they beat their children. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I'd like to do that. This next one's from at Diddy Mus, Diddy Westbrook, Chris Carson, Heinz or Wilkins, or Chris Godwin off the waiver wire. Pick would require no drop. I'm saying no to Diddy Westbrook. I don't mind Diddy Westbrook. There's just so many mouths to feed there. So it's Chris Carson, one of the Colts running backs, or Chris Godwin. I mean, with Penny's injury, I would say probably Carson. I think Carson's fine. Carson's probably the safer safer one. I might go with Heinz just for the upside. But if you if you need Carson's probably the logical pick. Let's just say that at yeah. this at this time with the penny injury. Uh, next one at Derek RVA. Best way to randomize draft order: let the computer or website do it, or do something extra like use NASCAR race results. Well, first off, I might get shot by saying this because I live in Charlotte, but don't watch NASCAR. Wow. Yeah, I know that's a take. Lock lock your doors. Why? I mean, I know, hide, that's, your, that's hide a, your kids. Hide your wife. I know. I I need to go to a race though because I hear that they're very very fun live. And there's Charlotte Motor Speedway is like ten minutes from my house. Uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it might be okay if you were really drunk. I don't know. I mean, it, but also I I couldn't deal. My ears are very sensitive. I would have to bring earplugs. I couldn't deal with that noise. Yeah, yeah. But a way a way to do draft order. Um. I don't really have any that I've done I, that I've done in the past because my home league we're all kind of all around the country now. The only the only why well, I, I draft a few leagues locally, but nothing from a draft order standpoint that we do. Um, I uh, I so my idea would be uh, to go into the wilderness and whoever uh, loses their mind, uh, you know, first. <laughs> Uh, from lack of, uh, you know, nutrients or water or sleep, whatever it is, then, uh, you know, they, then they get the, the last pick and so on and so forth. You know, that, yeah. that's, that's one idea. Let's go on Mario Kart. You can do Mario Kart. Yeah. Uh, next one at hat trick two, three, two, three, how long to keep a sock that doesn't match in your drawer? What? Oh, <laughs> for, for me, for me, it seems to be eternity. It's years. It's it's years. It's, it's it's definitely years. I have an issue where I I can't I, somehow I constantly need socks. I buy new socks and I still constantly need socks. Yeah. No. I I have uh, I think three unmatched socks in my sock drawer that have been there for approximately one year, and I will never take them out. I will find their matches. 
uh, and and they will be reunited. I promise. What do you? How do you feel about? I I I have a friend who uh, once told me this is a while ago, and it's kind of weird that I remember this even. But I remember him telling me that he just grabs two two socks, doesn't care if they match, and he just wears them for the day. Uh, I mean, what are you, some kind of you know in, a crazy artist type? I mean, you. I mean, you can get away with that if you know if you're if it's like part of your of your look. You're saying yeah, if part of yeah, part of like who you are. Like oh, he's like wacky, like he's ha- has his head in the clouds all the time. So it makes sense. But I mean, if you're just like a normal functioning human being in society, you need you need matching socks. Yeah. This next question just made me laugh because it's so there. So there's no punctuation on this. Okay, this is from at David Flynn three. No punctuation. All it says is what team is Kristen Michael on now? <laughs> it, just made, it just made me laugh. I had to keep it. So okay, here's the thing with with with. Kristen Michael, is it Kristen or Christine? I I, I don't know. I I, I kind of do like a mix of the two. Like like yeah. if you say it quick enough, then people don't really realize. So I just say like Kristen Michael. Yeah, there you go. That's good. I'll I'll say C Mike. So yeah, there you go. The thing with with, with C Mike, and you know, I had a tweet about him last night, and mostly I was just having fun. I was having fun online. I I I didn't I didn't mean much by it, but people were like, oh, I'm not I'm not going to be fooled again. First of all, you were never. You were never fooled because, <laughs> right. because because you didn't have to you know spend like a third or fourth or tenth round pick on him ever ever right you you had to at at his peak redraft price I think he was going in like the twelfth or thirteenth round with this with the Seahawks so so you were never fooled you just all you were doing was you know taking a chance you know maybe he'll fall into some carries and one year he did and the one year that he did he was really good he was a a plugged in fantasy starter week in and week out for half a season so you're not being fooled i don't know why your feelings are hurt and he probably will be worthless this season but i just thought it would be fun to say hey you know he's he's back sort of i think it's the most entertaining thing in fantasy football it's fun. It's so fun. People get so angry at it, but it's so fun. I, I love it so much that he's that he just comes and goes all the time. And I, I'm hoping that uh, we see the same thing. I hope Jeff Janis somehow gets <laughs> gets an opportunity. And I'm hoping that the new one that that joins all of that is Jeremy McNichols. Oh yeah, because he's start he today he got run with the first team in San Francisco because Matt Breida and Jarek McKinnon are hurt. So I, yes. I want I loved I loved Jeremy McNichols coming out like no lie my my prospect model liked him a lot like I I want him to be a thing but he like couldn't get it together between the ears he was on on the hard knocks with the Bucks last year right 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 but 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 this is the the process for liking Jeremy McNichols was correct you didn't know about the personal stuff and like you said the stuff in yeah, he was be- stupid between his ears you did you didn't know that and that's that's okay you can't really know that so uh so if if you get a a, a really high performing prospect who suddenly might actually get the ball sometimes you can get excited it's okay to get excited over that yeah yeah uh, this next one's from at Reezy Club. He says, "Would you rather have Jarvis Landry or Zay Jones in real life?" So this, so okay, I'm just gonna really quickly talk about what happened last night. Uh, this was on. I think this was like in between. This was like after I napped after my daughter was fed. But I'm I go on Twitter and I see Nate Geary, who's a who's a, a Buffalo guy. Uh, he says that. You know, Jarvis Landry is good, but I would never want Jarvis Landry on my team or something like along those lines. So I responded and I said, bro, your number one wide receiver is Calvin Benjamin. You would take Jarvis Landry on your team. Jarvis Landry is good, right? And so I say that and he retweets it. So a lot of like Buffalo fans are seeing it. And the people that are the, the, these fans, like people are telling me to F myself. People are saying like, all I said is that Jarvis land. Basically what I said in my tweet is that Jarvis Landry was better than Kelvin Benjamin, which yeah. is the most factually accurate like thing that you could possibly say on Twitter. And yet fans are coming at me and it's all because, you know, two years ago, Jarvis Landry had a dirty hit against the bills and Aaron Williams got destroyed and everyone get is all up in arms and they're like, oh, he's such a dirty player. He might be a dirty player. Okay, that's fine. But but then I ask someone on Twitter, a Buffalo fan, I say, I said to him, would you want Rob Gronkowski? 
Rob Gronkowski had one of the dirtiest hits I've ever, ever. seen last season. Ever. And he, he knocks the dude out. And these Buffalo fans, because Gronk is from Buffalo, right? These Buffalo fans are like, yeah, I'd take Gronk. All right, yeah, that's fine. But it's you you can't like you can't say I don't want Jarvis Landry because he's dirty and then Rob Gronkowski has the dirtiest play that I've ever seen and then say, "Yeah, we'll take we'll take Rob Gronkowski but not Jarvis Landry." It's just the 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 back and forth that I was having with people on Twitter was just out of control. And then when I have these back and forth or whenever I like tweet, you know, I I quote tweet my tweet and I say like Tell me again why we should think that fans are rational or whatever. And then I get people in my mentions that are like, quit telling us or this is what you should expect whenever you uh, start interacting with fans or or talking junk about teams and blah, blah, blah. This is an expectation. Guys, the reason I quote tweet that stuff is because I want people to see how freaking stupid and awful tribalism is. Yeah. Like I want people to open their eyes and realize that these people just jump on random analysts. We can take it. That's fine. We're used to it. But they jump on random analysts for literally doing their job. Yeah, and also, why are, why are you being tribal about Kelvin Benjamin? He's going to be a bill <laughs> for. He's going to be a bill for the next fifteen minutes. You're like, right. like come, he's going to play for like eleven teams in his in his career. <laughs> right. and also, my favorite my favorite response was someone who who threw wide receiver wins at you and said, Kelvin Benjamin got to a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, but he didn't even play that year. Or or got to the playoffs or something, uh, and, and Jarvis Landry was on the Browns. Yeah, right, because on, on the Dolphins. On the Dolphins and, right. the, and, the, and the Dolphins suck. That's amazing. Um, I love wide receiver wins is my favorite <laughs> thing. It's the worst wins. It's the worst wins. There's you know there's quarterback wins which is garbage, but wide receiver wins is something else that blew my mind. And and just a PSA, like I want to interact with fans. I know that a lot of people say like, oh, just don't don't talk to them and don't have conversation. No, I want to. I want to give them my viewpoint and see you know if they're going to be civil about it, then that's great. But I I don't have a problem going to Twitter and saying, look how absolutely ridiculous these people are. Because the more you show people how ridiculous these fans can be, the more they might look at themselves and say, maybe I'm a little bit ridiculous with my fandom. Yeah, maybe. I don't have much faith in that. You, you know what works for me, JJ, is just to say, uh, I'm not accepting ads at this time. Uh, you know, people will, <laughs> will, they will respect that. My big thing that I do though now is if it's like a real conversation where they're like, you're wrong. Your analysis is wrong. And and then the, the best is whenever they're like, hey, do this research for me. It's like, no, why, why would I? No, that's not happening. But there are people, the, the people who are like, no, you're wrong. My thing is, okay, prove it. Like, just prove me, prove, prove that I'm wrong. I, I, I'll look at evidence. And if you have good evidence and I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. That's fine. Anyway, Denny, I'm done All tilting. Right. The last question is from at Adam G. Blevins. Did Denny run on vacation? You know, like a psychopath. <laughs> That's funny. I, 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 that that harkens back to something we talked about uh, last August when uh, I I talked about you know people who really go full full blast with exercising on vacation, and I was quickly informed by our very you know level headed audience. I, I I was going for I was mostly going you know for a joke, but. Um, our, our, our very level-headed audience informed me that there have been studies done on why people exercise more on vacation. And the reason is it's only on vacation that people have time to exercise where they don't have that luxury of time that's, at, at home. That's, and, cr that's crazy though. And well, you know, I mean, not everybody is a schlub like you and me sitting at home, working at home, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, um, uh, and, 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 and back when I worked in an office, I only exercise maybe once a week where I, I do, I do that every day or almost every day now. So, uh, I, I, I get it. It's, it's, it's actual, it's a thing. I looked it up. Um, and to answer your question, I did, I did in fact run on the beach three days out of the, out of the six we were there. And it was absolutely miserable, and I regretted every minute. Wow, some lib ownage right there. Total. All right, Denny, that's the last question. We had a jam-packed podcast. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? 
<laughs> jam-packed pod. That's, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it's uh, at CD Carter 13. And um, if you want to prepare with your uh, for your upcoming draft with a fantasy analyst, check out draftdayconsultants.com. I am on Twitter at late round QB. Also subscribe to my other podcast, which is the late round podcast. Um, I do that twice a week. We'll be doing it three times a week in the season. Uh, but that's, that's it. The next time you guys will hear us, we'll be drafting our listener league teams. It's always a fun, a fun show. It's like two and a half hours of us. Just like, just, just tilting our faces off and talking to Tom about, about, uh, about Hollywood and it'll be a good I'm gonna time. Be- I'm going to be drinking these, JJ. Some some natural. Denny is drinking a natural light tonight, guys. A natural. He's drinking it, it some is, natty. He's going back to college here. It, it's it's. I never had natty light in college, so I'm reliving the college experience I never had. Uh, so it's natural light. It comes from directly from the streams of Colorado mountains, I believe. Yeah. It's, a, it's just bottled front, straight from there. Uh, I've I've forsaken Miller Light for the moment. Uh, so natural light, if you're looking for a podcast to sponsor, we're here for you. I just want to let you know. Denny, man, man, Natty, Natty's coming back. I feel like a lot of people have been drinking it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you during the draft show. Thank you for listening to live in the stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the teams. And-